Welcome to Rage Game Network Podcast. Hey, you gamers. What's up, guys? Uh, we are skipping our regular episode this week so it's just me uh, we're gonna do a little bit of a news episode so getting into some of our halloween themed stuff and uh get some news going for some cool halloween board games dice games card games that i found uh, off of pretty cool website so uh let's just dive right in so first up, I just want to give a quick little shout out to our good friend, Ben Miller. Um, he's going to be doing the next couple episodes with us. We are doing a Halloween themed D&D campaign, a little two shot campaign. So Ben is going to help us play through the intro to the Curse of Strahd. So pretty excited about that. We've recorded the first um probably about half of it and oh my gosh you guys are having so much fun with it so i cannot wait for this to air next week um and share it with you guys we are having an absolute blast so keep your ears peeled so to speak god i'm lame um anyways keep your eyes posted on uh the podcast for when we post that next week and uh, give that a listen, because that has been so much fun to play through for the first half of that. And we'll go through the second half the week following. So, hey, Ben, what's up? Uh, don't forget, follow Ben on Twitch. He'll give himself a little shout out as we go. Um, but his username on Twitch is BladeX975. So go ahead over there and give him a little follow. I don't know if he's got anything active right now, but he should be getting that back up and running again pretty soon here. So give him a little support because he's pretty awesome um on sunday the 31st also uh, we have a live episode planned for halloween and we're going to play some horror themed vr games over at connor's place so um we gave that a shot at one point and we are going to do it bigger and better this time it's going to be great we're very excited so that's going to be on our youtube channel um so head over to our YouTube. If you go to our website, all the links are there. I'm going to plug us early. Plug, 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 plug. Um, go over to our website, ragegamenetwork.com. Check out our YouTube link. Hit subscribe for us. Check out our uh, Instagram, Facebook, all those things. You know, like, subscribe, follow. You know the gig. While you're on our website, don't forget to head over to merch. We have our special Halloween-themed T-shirts. There's three to pick from, and you can customize them based on what colors you like. Uh, and they are $20. So go ahead and get yourself a Halloween T-shirt. They look awesome. Thank you to her friend Catherine again, because she designed them for us, and they look so badass. All right, so let's get into it. I've got... A list from mykindofmeeple.com. Uh, this is 13 of the best horror board games for a spooky Halloween. These are not crazy scary board games, but they're just like fun little Halloween type things that you can play. Um, quick, easy games. Um, I, I, I talked a couple episodes about Eldritch Horror, which would be my idea of a complicated horror-based you know, board game. That's kind of like 
board and card and dice all rolled into one, but it's incredibly complicated. So if you're looking something for a little less, a little less complicated, we'll uh, we'll go with this. Um, so first up, we have a card game called Gloom, and basically the theme of this is to you're the head of a family and you're trying to make your family as miserable as possible and all of the other players in the game are trying to make your family happy so the more miserable your family is at the end of your turn uh the more points you win and so you you are trying to make everybody totally unhappy and everyone else in the in the room is trying to make your family happy so it's one person against them all uh, a, a type of game this is classified as what's called competitive storytelling so basically you draw a bunch of cards you make up a story as horrible as you can and uh, you go from there the original core game is good for two to four players but there's a bunch of expansions so you can play with up to seven takes about an hour not very scary not very hard but it looks really fun um each time you play a card, you basically describe what has happened to that poor poor character. And um, you tell the story of their lives to all the other people playing. And they take that information and they're like, okay, yes, but look at how wonderful the life was because. So, kind of macabre, but it is very fun looking. Um, second up probably a game that most of you are familiar with, Arkham Horror. This is the board game. Um, it is a cooperative setting. So you can play one to eight players. Takes maybe two to three hours. Not terribly scary, but kind of hard. Um, you have to, there's like a lot of moving pieces here and the board is kind of complicated if you don't know what you're looking at. So there are, you, you do want to read through the rule book on this one, but basically, um, there are portals opening in Arkham and they are letting through the ancient ones and there are monsters coming through the portal, scaring everyone. So basically you have a couple different investigators that you can play as, um, and you are trying to a seal the gates before the ancient one is summoned and if you can't seal the gates you have to defeat the ancient one so just seal the gates it's not hard right no it is kind of hard <laughs> just kidding um but every investigator has their own set of unique abilities which is great so you have to pick someone who you think is going to be most helpful to the group uh and play that person strategically to work together with everyone so that the group as a whole can take down all the monsters and the ancient one um which sounds kind of fun. And then the next one, uh, third on the list, is a game called Mysterium. So if you guys know anything about me, I love the game Dixit, which is a card-based game using not words on the cards, but images. So Mysterium is kind of similar looking, and that looks like it's right up my alley. The illustrations are kind of spooky, but mostly just really well done. I love looking at these. Um, so this, again, is another co-op game. It's image-based. Uh, two to seven players, a little less than an hour. And uh, basically, there is a ghost who's trying to communicate to the other players who took their life, where it happened, and what item was used. So it's a little bit like Clue, but the person who's playing the ghost cannot talk. You can only give clues using cards with images on them. And then the people, you hand one to two cards out to each player. And then the players have to work together and chat with each other and try to correctly guess 
the culprit and the item they used and where it happened. And then if everyone guesses the suspect location and thing before the end of the seventh turn, the whole group has a chance to guess the final culprit. So a little extra piece at the end there. I don't know who the final culprit is. Kind of fun. Um, next one, number four, betrayal at the house on the hill. So this is kind of fun. This is a dice game. Um, I take that back. This is a tile placement game in which you use dice and it's sort of co-op, except halfway through the game, someone turns into a traitor and Benedict Arnold, three to six players, takes about an hour. According to this article, it's fairly scary. I don't know if that's because there's like a huge horror um, theme, but more like a, it's intense. It gets very intense. So um, you play as one of six characters and you all go into a haunted house together and you flip over tiles in new rooms and you can change the house layout every game. You go through and you discover all the rooms as you, as you find, you know, as you enter them, sorry. And all the characters are pretty friendly with each other at the beginning of the game, but they're definitely like on their own page. They're going out and doing their own thing within this house. So you don't stick together as a group. You kind of like go out and about on your own. So as everybody explores, things happen and people discover items called omens. And the more omens you have, typically the stronger your character is or you have special abilities, but you pay for those abilities by rolling haunt dice to see if you've triggered the haunt. And the more omens you found collectively, so the more omens all six of you have found, the more likely is that the haunt is triggered. So the suspense builds. And then as the haunt appears, someone turns traitor. That person is given the traitor tome. They go into another room and read through the tome, uh, read through this haunt scenario, and they come up with a master plan to take down everyone else in the house and everyone else reach through the same scenario and f try to figure out how to defeat the traitor and win. So this is seems like it could be old fast, but there are actually 50 different scenarios to play through where um, the traitor is, is going around and doing different things and you have to have a different strategy each time to take the traitor down. Um, that one's pretty cool. I like the sound of that. All right, next up, number five, we have One Night Ultimate Werewolf. Um, so it's not really any of the above card, dice, or board game. Uh, it's a bluffing game. So you can have three to ten players. You need at least three to three players. It does not work with two. Um, ages eight and up, super easy. Takes about ten minutes to play, depending on how you play it. You, if you play it as one night, it takes about ten minutes to play. If you play it as a series of nights, you can take like five minutes each night, and then it will last a little bit longer overall as a game. So, um, basically, you are either a villager or a werewolf. So everyone gets past a roll card, and then everyone closes their eyes. And then the werewolves are told to open their eyes. So the werewolves know who each other are and they know who all the villagers are, but the villagers do not know who the werewolves are. So then they, everybody closes their eyes again and then everyone opens at the same time and you begin the round. So everybody has about 10 minutes to discover who the werewolf is. And at the end of the 10 minutes, based on the conversations that you've had, everyone points to the person that they think is the werewolf. And the person with the most votes reveals their card. If they're a werewolf, the villagers win. 
But if they are not a werewolf, that villager gets bit and then they become a werewolf or they become out depending on how you want to play. So, um, like I said, you can play over several nights in which you can get a new villager out each night or, um, the werewolves can kind of like work together and decide who they want their target to be. Um, so that way they can turn the whole village into werewolves by the end of the game. Um, sometimes you can assign, uh, someone to be like the mayor, um, which helps the game move along and it helps them to like facilitate the whole close your eyes, werewolves open your eyes thing. Um, and then they, you know, time the rounds to keep it to a, a succinct amount of time. Um, and that person does not play as one, as a villager or a werewolf. The mayor is just the person who's like, uh, the DM basically. Uh, they're not a player. They're just kind of like overlooking everything and making sure it goes fairly smoothly. Um, and there's a couple other, uh, players that you can play as like the seer or the troublemaker and that, that kind of like throws in a little extra flavor. So, um, there is also an app if you don't want to design, like if you don't want to designate someone to be the mayor, there's an app called one night app and that helps to do basically what the mayor would do and kind of help the game run very smoothly and it gives you very spooky music so you can play and get in the mood with the spooky spooky tunes next up we've got a game called zombies just zombies it's a placement survival game and you can either play it as a co-op or you can play it competitively three to six players um strangely the age guide for this is 15 and up but i don't see it's not very scary and it's not very hard according to this website's rating but i i'm not sure why you would need to be so old like i don't know why you can't just be eight there's nothing like gory or gross about it i don't know very strange um Basically, the zombies have invaded your city and you have to escape. So if you're playing co-op, you basically are trying to get everyone to the helicopter pad and escape on the helicopter. And if you are playing competitively, you can either play... Um, you can either play for who, who defeats the most amount of zombies first or whoever gets to the helipad first. Um, and that gets intense quick when you're playing competitively, obviously. So just, you know, pick what's ever right. Um, it, this one is a little bit hard to learn uh, because of the different, you can like switch it up and be co-op or competitive. So like the rules obviously are going to change based on what you choose. So just keep that in mind if you play one way and then you decide to play another way. Um, just make sure you're reading the right rule book there. Next one up, we're coming back to Arkham Horror. Uh, this is the card game actually, instead of the board game. So it is uh, co-op still role-playing game, card game. And your decisions in a certain game can actually affect future games, which I love. I love these kinds of setups. One to two players. Um, one to two hours to play. Moderately scary, moderately difficult to learn. Um, so you play as one of five different characters. Again, each person has their own special abilities and their own card deck. And you get four scenarios to play through, each one taking about two hours, uh, less if you know what you're doing, I think. You get to discover different locations in Arkham looking for clues, and you meet other characters, and you defeat the monsters as you come across them. 
and the decisions you make at the end of each scenario and the damage you take can not only affect your character as you continue that game, that story, but that also helps you level up and improve your deck and so therefore affect games in the future, which is kind of cool that you can like put your game away and take it out and it's a whole new game from when you opened it the last time. Um, so you do have four scenarios in the core set, but there are a bunch of additional scenarios that you can play through. Um, so that's keeping it spicy, keeping it interesting. All right, next up, moving right along, we have Disney's Villainous. This one looks really cute, actually. Um, two to six players, ages 10 and up. It's about an hour to play. And you play as one of six Disney villains. Jafar, the Queen of Hearts, Prince John from Robin Hood, Ursula, Maleficent or Captain Hook and each character has their own special board their own miniature which are adorable um, and their own theme their own cards that are themed around that character and what their goal was in the movie so the example that this article gives is Captain Hook has the TikTok card in his deck and that says if Captain Hook moves to TikTok's location TikTok is the alligator uh, crocodile I don't remember. Um, Captain Hook must immediately discard his hand, just like he loses his hand in the movie and gets a hook. Uh, on a player's turn, they can go to a different location and take actions there. And once you learn the different outcomes of all the different actions, it's all about having the right strategy. And you are not only trying to win and accomplish your goal, but you're also trying to sabotage everyone else's goal. So it is very competitive for sure. Um, and everyone's goal is, again, based off what they wanted in the movie. So um, if your family is super duper competitive, maybe don't play this one because I can see it getting nasty kind of quick. But it is a really cute game. Disney always has really well put together things. So um, give it a try. You know, why not? Next up, we've got Zombie Dice, which is honestly very simple. If anybody's ever played Farkle, this is very much Farkle. Um, basically, you are rolling three dice at a time, and your objective is to collect as many brains as possible without getting shot. Um, and you can roll more dice, but if you get shot, you lose all the brains that you've collected which is kind of like Farkle. If you roll and you, you don't score any points, you lose all of the points you've scored previously. So you get three dice coming out of the tumbler. Brain means that you've eaten the brains of that person and you get a point. Footsteps mean that the person ran away, so you get to re-roll. Uh, and an impact means that you've been hit. If you get hit three times, you lose all your points. If you roll the three dice and you decide you want to try to get more brains, you roll three more dice. Uh, and the person with the most brains at the end of the game wins. All right, this next one is very cool. I'm excited about trying this. So this sounds like something that I could get behind. This is from the Exit the Game series, and this is the Abandoned Cabin version. So this is an escape room in a box. One to six players. Um, takes probably about two hours if you've never done an escape room before, which if you haven't, I highly suggest. I've done a, a real live escape room and they are so much fun. Very hard. So I can bring lots of people with you. Um, same with this. Play with a bunch of people. Like the more brains you have to, you know, work together and get yourself out of the escape room, the better off you'll be. Um, so this one is the story of the game is that your car has broken down in the middle of nowhere 
and you need to find somewhere to stay. And luckily, you find an abandoned cabin and you decide to stay there for the night. I don't know why anyone would stay in an abandoned cabin. But when you wake up in the morning, the door is locked and there are bars on the windows. And you find a strange disc and a book in the room. So um, I'm sure people know what an escape room is by now. You have to go along and find clues and solve riddles and collect objects as you go. So as to unlock the next clue or next riddle or however, and eventually get out of the room. So that one sounds fun. Um, number 11, we have Small World Underground. And this is basically Risk, but Halloween-y. So it looks pretty cool. You have a whole bunch of different territories and a whole bunch of different... Ri like, instead of nationalities, you have different races. Um, can take as little as a half an hour. Can take as long as two hours, uh, according to this. And um, you basically play for control of different territories. And each race if you you know depending on the race you have different tactics that you can use or special powers that are unique to that race and there are 15 different races and you get special powers depending on which race you're playing as so and there's also different powers that get randomly assigned to a certain race during each game so you can like start with a specific set and then halfway through the game get a new special ability um this is a little weird to me. So you can change races during the game because after you've used up all of your units, your race goes into decline and then you get to pick a new race to play. That seems a little bit... a little bit sketch. Like, here, let me kill off all of the people in this race and just, like, find a new race and we'll keep going. Okay. This is a little wonkadoodle, but, you know... Whatever floats your boat, I guess. Um, there are different locations on the board that have different markers for different items that you can collect that, again, give more special abilities. And honestly, it doesn't look like it can go on forever and ever and ever like Risk can because you get a different number of turns based on how many players are playing. And um, it's it's based more on a point system when you end and and less on... Uh, how many, uh, less on conquering the whole world, basically. So, uh, number 12 is great. little shout out to our buddy Zach. If you guys have listened to our podcast before somewhere, I think in season two, Zach came and played a bunch of games with us. And one of them was Flux. So if you guys remember Flux, it's the game, the card game with the ever-changing rules. So you can change different rules that you have to play by in the game. You can change the goal of the game. You can change some of the card's meanings based on rules and regulations that you set <laughs> using other cards. So it gets wild and it gets hard to keep track of. So definitely play um, with at least two people who have played before who, who can keep you in line. Um, but this one looks fun. This is Zombie Flex. Uh, two to six players works, two, six players works better. Um, takes less than an hour. If, some t if you've ever played Flux before, you know that this is wrong. This is time to play is 10 to 40 minutes. It can literally sometimes take 30 seconds for someone to win Flux. And it can also take four hours if you're willing to sit there that whole time. Um, so just <laughs> approach with caution, I guess. Like, make sure that you have 
a fair bit of time marked out if you're going to play flex. Um, so this one, start of game always starts the same. You draw one card, you play one card. Very easy. But as again, as you go, the rules get to change depending on who plays what card and, and what goals or rules or whatever they change. So you, the, the keeper items in the zombie version are things like shovel and brains. But you also get to pick up zombie creepers and they can stop you from winning unless unless someone changes the rules and you want more creepers and then you start to collect them. Um, again, just make sure you have enough time to play because, like I said, it can be literally 30 seconds. It could also take hours and hours of your life away. But it's so much fun. Um, so play with people that you know you're going to have a good time with. Last one. <laughs> this is funny. I just realized this. This is a Halloween-themed games, and there are exactly 13 games on this list. And I'm not sure how I didn't put together. Like, it, usually it's 10 or 15 or 20. Like, it's a f good round number, and I just noticed that there are exactly 13 games on this list. So, well done. <laughs> Yikes. Um, it's a good thing I'm not recording this on Friday the 13th. I feel like that would be bad luck for me or something. Anyways, this last game, it's called Ghost Stories. And you play as Taoist monks defending your village from the spirits of hell. So this is a co-op area defense game. And you can play with one to four players. Co-op is kind of cool in that way that you, like, you don't need to play with anybody else if you don't want to. But playing with other people makes it fun. So why not? Takes about an hour to play. Kind of scary, kind of hard, according to this article. So the main antagonist, his name is Wu Fang, and he's the ruler of hell. And you and your teammates have to exercise all the go exercise all of the ghosts in your village um, before Wu Fang himself manifests and tries to conquer your village. So if Wu Fang comes through. You have to defeat Wu Fang. It sounds a little bit like Arkham Horror in which you have to get rid of the monsters and, and seal the gates before the Ancient One comes, comes through. So kind of the same idea. Um, each tile in the village gives you a different bonus. Um, you On your turn, you can travel to different locations and get different tokens or, or you know different abilities and however to get the ghosts to go away. Um, you, so basically, the whole game, you just got to work together and roll well and, you know, hope Lady Luck is on your side. Um, each ghost has a different color associated with it. And if in order to perform an exorcism, you have to roll three dice with different colors, uh, being one of the following red, blue, green, white, black and yellow. And you want the colors on the dice to match the colors of the ghost to exercise it. So simple enough, easy to follow. Um, you cannot let, this is interesting, you cannot let the village tiles become haunted. If you have three that become haunted, you lose. If you run out of cards to draw from, uh, if you run out of cards to draw from while the incarnation of Wu Feng is on the board, you lose. Or if all of the priests on the board are eliminated, you also lose. So there's one way to win in which you just have to get rid of all the ghosts, and there's three different ways in which you can lose. So this one, stakes are pretty high, I feel like. That could get intense. 
get you get you thinking get you get you stressed out a little um but yeah those are 13 games that you can have a little family fun with or a little you know late night adult fun with if you want to um you can really do a bunch with all of these games but i I think the one that i'm most excited about because i'm very much into like the image-based card games is the um the Mysterium that I talked about closer to the beginning. That one looks really, really cool. With the the ghost that has to give each person clues and then you work together to figure out basically like the game clue. Who done it, where, and how. Yeah, that one looks really good. I might have to uh, look into that one. See if I can get it in my repertoire. But anyways, um, I hope you guys have enjoyed this quick little episode of games that you can play. Get your Halloween bumped up. Don't forget, if you want to really submerge yourself in the experience, um, you can get like we have we just put LED lights in our closet so to light up our closet. But I have a feeling that we're going to be putting like an LED rope light in our living room to like get ourselves in the mood the next time we record this um, curse of strahd you know the second half of our intro there so and then you know put on some spooky music and really get ourselves you know excited about finishing out that campaign so again i hope you guys have a great halloween and keep uh you know keep coming back we'll keep you posted when our halloween episodes go up and we've got a bunch of cool stuff coming so we've got the next two weeks we'll be recording with ben and getting that D campaign out there for you guys to listen to and uh again on the 31st we're doing our live app so get your halloween t-shirts represent on the 31st with us you know have your have your merch on while you're watching and we will see you on our next halloween episode so don't forget if you rage it we game it Hey, 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 hey.